Hi, welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. This is Dave Pryor, and this is a podcast that we do for Leading Agile where we talk to the coaches and the thought leaders that work at Leading Agile about stuff they're seeing in the field, what's going on when they work with customers, new trends in Agile. And today, one of our coaches, Russ Pena, is here, and hopefully I got your last name right and didn't say it too aggressively like I did the other day. No. Um, Perfectly. Russ is going to be giving a talk this week in Las Vegas. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but before we get into that, Russ, can you share a little bit about your background and kind of your focus in terms of agile and coaching and how all that comes together? Yeah, sure. So I, um, I was, I grew up and cut my teeth as a business analyst actually. And I, was really largely responsible in the early 2000s uh, to mid-2000s on, on working with uh, organizations that needed to transform their, their business analytics practices. And so my, my specialty was really just to step in and, and create standard operating procedures and best practices around how the teams formed and such. And uh, then I, I went to work for SunTrust Bank in around 2007, and my role grew really more into the role of a methodologist, which included all disciplines. And so uh, I consider myself now really more of a methodologist and, 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 and an Agile coach because in uh, 2010 I was asked to, to fold in a, an Agile practice at SunTrust in their typified waterfall environment. So that's my background. And, and you were also instrumental in the creation of the Babak. That's right. In, um, I was one of the original reviewers and authors of the BA Body of Knowledge, which uh, was version 1.6. That, that was the preliminary release. And, and we're up to version 3. And I, I'm, I'm not engaged at the, at the, uh, the level of, of Babak creation now, but I stay very closely aligned to the IIBA, which is the International Institute of Business Analysis. I stay close to them because, again, my, my background is, is really around, is around business analysis, and I, I'm, I'm very proud of that, actually, because even in my role as a, as a transformation consultant slash coach, I... I feel like a lot of what I do really revolves around requirements gathering and, and implementing those requirements. So, so sort of as we move towards getting to your talk, how, how has the BA role, I guess, how, is, how have you seen that shift as Agile's been introduced into organizations? Like what happens to somebody who's a BA when Agile's thrown at them? Like they're used to all the use cases and all the old ways of doing requirements and now things are different. Yeah. So we talked about this just the other day, Dave. It was interesting that, you know, we, we, we said that in the old days, uh, it was believed that a BA would grow up to be a PM. Yes. And, and that just really wasn't the case. A PM is a very different discipline. And I've seen the role of the business analyst change dramatically with the with the development of, of agile practices in, in, in the uh, corporate environment these days. And it's because the BA, I believe, a, a much more natural progression for them is to grow into the role of the business architect uh, from an enterprise analysis perspective. So can you, can you explain the difference between those two roles? Yeah. So the BA really largely, the business analyst, and, I, and my talk talks is, is around um, the converging roles of the BA 
business analyst versus BA. <laughs> it's very confusing with the same. Research. I know, I know, business architect. <laughs> but but um, so the BA, the business analyst, is very tactical. They're very down on the ground. They are getting statements of work around here's my scope and let's move forward to decompose requirements into use cases or declaratives. And the business anal- the I'm sorry, the business architect is much more stratified. So they are really more the type of role that is going to align the initiative at the much higher level to capabilities and strategies. So so the VA is going to be making sure there's traceability from like with the end product all the way back to the requirements and the vision for the product, right? But That's the, right. But the architect is looking at it more at a portfolio level, like a more strategic way for the product in general? Still traceability, though. Interesting concept that you are... That you're... Back, back to a different source, though, right? Because it's back to the company. Yeah, but it should be linear. Okay. I should... I should have requirements at the most granular, detailed level, whether they be user stories, use cases, declaratives, they should be mapped back to business requirements, which map back to some sort of feature set, which map back to some sort of epic, and then that epic should be aligned to a capability or a strategy and even above that, a thematic goal of the organization. So I, I kind of look at it like a pyramid that sits on top of a pyramid. Okay. So, but for the, for the BA, it's going to go, I'm sorry, for the business analyst, it's going to be more tied specifically to what our initiative is with that product and, and the level kind of beyond that, tying it back to the stuff for the company and the capability mapping, which we need to talk about as well. That's more on the architecture side. Yeah. And let's, let's also be clear too. I'm, I'm talking about the role of the business analyst as, as a, as sort of a generic role. You know, a lot of organizations call business analysts, systems analysts, requirements, engineers, functional analysts, you know, so there is a distinction, but in some cases, and, and then we're, for the purposes of this, this discussion, we're, we're kind of keeping it generic, but there, there can be business architects and then system, or sorry, business analysts and then systems analysts, which get much more, uh, you know, technical and functional in nature. Okay. So, so is it, when we, when we talked about this the other day, we talked about your progression from, from one role towards the other. And it, and I kind of picked up on the fact that a lot of BAs may not be aware of the architectural or that, that they don't see that as a path. I mean, do some of them just kind of like stop at BA and stick with that and just dig in deeper? Yeah. I, I think this is sort of a new natural progression. And I think it was in the, in the old days, it was kind of, let's, you know, as a, I'm a BA, I'm a senior BA at an organization and I, I'm either content with staying at a senior BA or then I'm going to move on to be a, a manager of BAs. And that's fine, you know, if you, if you have those sorts of aspirations. But I think what's become sort of a natural progression now is to move from the role of the business, a senior business analyst, into the role of the business architect, which really is understanding the demand that's coming down through the planning process and getting prioritized going to product for product teams to be able to 
decompose those into features and then helping the business analysts at that point break those features down into user stories. So if if I'm a BA and I'm looking for, you know, some sort of growth path, how does the the skill set and then, you know, knowledge and maybe schooling or whatever, how does that have to evolve to be able to move to the architect level? I mean, I'm assuming there's some sort of growth that has to happen, right? Yeah. So I look at when I when I think about the evolution of 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 a BA to a business architect, I look at it really on on a scale of of sort of five levels, and this is just this is just in my head. You know, I, I go from intermediate to expert, and I think about the different types of activities that a BA is responsible for while they're growing themselves professionally. Obviously, with the levels of support from senior management being less and less, right? And when right. they get to that level, they sort of they get to a point of where their domain expertise is very targeted, and their their level of of senior abilities is also heightened. So it's sort of natural for them to move into the role of the big business architect because they they're very aware of the types of demand that are coming down the pike for them to work on next. So just in, in quick, there are knowledge areas within the BABOC, the BA body of knowledge. Right. And one of those is enterprise analysis. And it's not typified for me to think about an intermediate BA to understand enterprise analysis. They just don't have that purview into the overarching strategies, capabilities, and initiatives coming down. And and just to draw a parallel, from my world, that would be the same as I would say a a project manager who's just managing projects is not necessarily expected to have the awareness and knowledge of what's happening at the company at a strategic level and how the projects are mapping back strategically to what the organization is trying to achieve overall. I mean, if they have it, great, but that's not what you would consider a core responsibility. Yeah, that's precise. Okay. So this is then like a maturation and, and as they grow and progress in their career, um, developing awareness of what's happening in the organization and developing the relationships that they have to have with the business side of the house. This is sort of a, a natural fit. I mean, that's what, for you, that's kind of how it happened, right? Yeah. It, it's, uh, it really, it happened by accident. Really. I, I started as a data control analyst and, and, uh, was kind of the, the guy in a telephony industry that went back and forth between the developer and the, and the manager to get things to happen. And over time I grew into the guy that was just known as being the BA and, I joined the IIBA and started uh, helped start the local chapter of the IIBA here. And over time, I just got to, I, I kind of grew into the role of of or the, known as the guy that can help build business anal, analyst teams. Okay, so how instrumental is IIBA? I mean, in terms of the growth of a BA, if if I'm a BA or I'm getting started down that path. Do you, do you think that the certifications are very valuable? Is the, How helpful is the organization in general? I'm sort of biased in this because I, I feel like if you are going to be a business analyst, if that's your aspiration, I talk to a lot of, I attend the, the monthly meeting, ch- you know, chapter meetings here. I, I actually travel to other chapter meetings 
Um, I, for me personally, I think if I'm going to be a business analyst and I'm new and I'm, I'm sort of emerging, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to my local chapter of the IIBA and I'm going to get involved. And it's, it's about studying your craft. It's about studying your craft. It's about networking. It's about leveraging other practitioners in the industry who can help you. So did you volunteer for the first, I mean, you obviously did, you worked on the BABAC, but I mean, other than working on the document, you were in, involved in volunteering within the organization in general, right? Yeah, heavily. So I, oh, I was on the board. Okay. So this is, this is the thing I want to ask you, because I try to explain this to a lot of people and I don't think they pick up on it, but I was very involved with PMI for a while. And, um, I found that through that involvement, that the relationships that I built, the, the the mentors and just the people that became sounding boards, I mean, those relationships are really what fostered my growth more than probably anything else. Absolutely. In fact, you know, forget about where I was in, in 2000 when I started with <clears throat> the IIBA and, and progressed now 15 years later in, in 2015. I'm actually working with another Agile coach at my current client who I have known for 15 years from, from the IIBA. So it's very interesting that, that his natural progression was also similar to mine. You That's know, it's very cool. Yeah, it's a small world. So I want to ask you about if I'm a BA and you're there doing agile coaching, it seems like product owner would be a natural progression for a business analyst. Yeah, you, you mentioned this to me the, the other day when you and I were chatting that you, you kind of talk to people when you're in your class. In my classes, yeah. And you say, you know, I, it's, a, it's sort of a natural progression. Personally, I believe that, yes, a product owner is another avenue for a BA to grow into. And that's okay. Um, but I also think that for me personally, uh, I, I'm more of a stratified person. So I, I tend to... Th- think it's more interesting if I, if I were to imagine myself as really understanding the entire enterprise and the demand that's being called and coming down and helping to prioritize that, putting it into, into you know, product roadmaps, decomposing into features. So, so yeah, certainly product ownership, fine. But also acting as the enterprise I'm sorry, the, the business architect, so that you understand things at a higher level than even that. So it's, it's not necessarily you would go from BA to, to, to PO to, to business architect, but you're kind of choosing a path there. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, you know, you're definitely choosing a path. A couple of clients ago, I was working with a, a gentleman who he really wanted to be the product owner. And he was a BA, and he progressed into that and, and fell into that because he knew it so well. Um, and, and I'm not discouraging that. I'm just saying that the role of the product owner, as I talked to you about before, I mentioned this when we were chatting, the role of the product owner by proxy has to allow a little bit of trust to the BA that's working on the execution of a sprint to, you know, they have to give some ownership to the business analyst. Yeah, they have yeah. to trust them because... They are actually the product owner of that sprint. Yeah. Whereas the product owner at the higher level is really, they own the product, right? Right. And so if that's, if you as a BA 
want to move into that, you know, just have that slice. That's great. I, I'm, I'm thinking more stratified. Okay. So can you, can I, I want to switch a little bit, but the, the capability gaps, because that's something that is more unique to the, the enterprise side of the, the, the architect role, right? That's right. Yeah. Can you explain what that is and how that works and how it fits into that role? Sure. It really begins with diving very deeply into the different types of value streams that we have within an organization and and how we break those into very specific capabilities of what it is we can accomplish. And then on the flip side of things, we, we think about capabilities that we may not have you know for instance I, I i talked before with you about certain things uh at my last organization where they didn't necessarily have those but they wanted to aspire to them and it's okay to have a capability that you don't that's not within your purview today or your wheelhouse it's okay to think about bringing that on uh, but that's what your your capability analysis with your business architect is very pivotal to alignment to strategy well, I, and I think it's normal for a lot, or common, I guess, for a lot of organizations to want to have capabilities and to just expect to have them at a certain point, but they don't go into, you know, down the path of figuring out how are we going to develop that ability. It's, it's, you know, it's actually, it's, it's actually just very amazing that you mentioned that because we, I cannot tell you how many times I walk into an organization and after being at SunTrust as their chief methodologist for 10 years, to walk around and say, what are our strategies, what are our capabilities, and to have people actually profoundly tell me, I don't know. It, <laughs> we just, peop, it's just not a thing that people are aware of. And it boggles me because as I've evolved in my own career and seen the importance and the value of it, I, I, that's the first thing I want to dive into. You know, I want to find out, well, what are our strategies? What are our capabilities? I call them stock rooms, and, and that kind of confuses people sometimes. A stock room is something I can walk into, right? Like you're... Grab it off the shelf. Grab it off the shelf, yeah. right? And I, I want to be able to walk into the stock room and say, here are all my strategies that I can pick from. Here are all my capabilities I can pick from. And then I need to go forward, and I need to have initiatives beneath that. Organizations just simply don't have that today. So to head down a completely non-agile way of discussing this, you've got the stock room. You walk in there with your checklist. You need a ninja, a lumberjack, and a brain surgeon. And you've just got those resources laying on the shelf because you knew you were going to have them and somebody ordered them or got that capability there. Yeah. Okay. So you you, but the reason you do that, Dave, is you, it helps you tell the story. It helps you prioritize it. For so the organization, I, though, right? Right, for the organization, so that I can go back at the portfolio level and I can say, look, guys, we just simply don't have this capability or we want to bring this capability on or it doesn't align to a strategy, and therefore it should not be prioritized as we then get into the product and, and deeper into the execution. So this is another, another shift as well, because you're talking about prioritization, not so much within the thing that we're trying to build, but within what this means to the, to the organization, to the company, what capabilities do we have to have? How are we going to get to a point where we've got a ninja who's ready to go? Yeah, for me, that's, that's agile at scale. 
And okay. that's, that's what didn't work well for me originally when I tried to implement that at a, you know, fortune 500 company. But don't you think this is sort of like the, I mean, if you go back to remember before there were BAs, right? I, I would say people, project managers, people like me were just trying to capture requirements. And then suddenly there was this role that was going to specialize in that. And that has been kind of improved over the last probably 15 years or probably more. Um, and there's more, you know, process around it. You've got IIBA and, and organizations like that that are helping people develop their abilities within that craft. But in in the same way that there's stuff that you think, how can they not be looking at this? I, I agree with you that I mean <laughs> I get frustrated by stuff like that too. I think the companies maybe lag behind a lot of the individuals in terms of saying like, yeah, of course we would look at that. Yeah. So you're, you're saying exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember as a early BA, you know, I'd get a scope statement from a steering committee that would say something like, you know, upgrade system to include customer information as an sure. example. Never knowing why I was doing that, never knowing, you know, understanding the alignment from a capability to a strategy for the organization. And, or, and never thinking you had to ask, probably. And never thinking I had to ask. You know, it was more about just, okay, you know, I got my marching orders, you know, it was sort of a commander's intent thing, and I ran off, and, and I went to the, I did a little stakeholder analysis and went to the person that I thought that I, and I, I started to decompose, and guess what happens? I... I get to a point of where I've, you know, I, I, I miss people. I miss stakeholders, and it doesn't get built the way it's supposed to get built. And then the figures, or, or you build what they said they wanted, and it's got, it's nowhere near what they needed because they didn't know to ask the why questions. True. Yeah, that's true. But that's a whole other podcast <laughs> that you and I could do. <laughs> Being succinct in why you do what you do. So. That's, you know, that's a, that, but yes, you're absolutely correct, you know, and then of course your fingers are pointed back to IT and ultimately the business analyst because you're like, oh, you know, BA, they screwed up. Yeah. But, but, and maybe they didn't screw up, but it's just, some, that's one of the things it's like, it's easier for us to say people screwed up, but they just didn't know to ask other questions. That's right. And that's it's, sort of, it's sort of like when people say, I want a utilization report. And I'm like, why, what are you going to do with that? You have, you're doing scrum. Everybody's hundred percent utilized. What good is that? Right. But it's what they know. They know to ask for certain things because they've always asked for them. Yeah, it's it's uh, fascinating that we we just don't simply have a lot of ability or or mindset to, to question things, and and we don't we never say no. And I that's when I'm training in boot camps. I always say at the delivery level, especially, it's your responsibility. It's sort of pivotal for you to question things and say wait a minute, why are we doing this? Yeah. But I because think it's, it's, it's kind of like the way things, at least it seems like there's this growing kind of clamor for organizations to become learning organizations more than anything else. Like, yeah, the products are great, but if you're not constantly getting better and figuring out why you're doing what you're doing and how to do it more efficiently, you're not doing it right. That's right. So you're going to be giving this talk. Um, I have it on my screen somewhere. In the Octavius room <laughs> on Thursday, right? Wait a minute. It, it doesn't have your time listed on the website. 
It's uh, 11.50 to 12.50, and I Thank told you. you previously it was in the Casbah room, so well, it's changed. I'm looking at the website right now. Okay, good. So All right, so I'm in Octavius, and, and rocking the Octavius is not as oh, good as rocking the, rockin the Casbah anymore. That's a shame. So if, if you're interested, if you're going to be in Las Vegas or you want to go to the conference, it's you go to buildingbusinesscapability.com. It's going to be at Caesars Palace. Um, November 2nd to 6th, and you're speaking on Thursday from 11.50 to 12.50, right? That's correct. Okay. And the session is titled Integrated BA, the Partnering Business Analyst slash Business Architect Role. So I, I, I have two more questions I want to ask you before letting you go. Enjoy the rest of your evening. How do these roles partner? Can you, can you talk about that without giving the whole session away? Yeah, it's critical. It's very critical that the business just you know the 30 second elevator speech that the business analyst consistently be aligned and very close i i say joined at the hip and people don't like that but very close to, to <laughs> maybe the, your delivery yeah right, right it's true <laughs> maybe the way i the, maybe the way i touch myself when i say that but i say that the business analyst and the business architect should be very closely aligned they should okay. be joined at the hip because I always want to know that everything that I'm decomposing and moving towards is exactly aligned to what the business architecture has in their vision. And I want to be, make absolutely sure that the business architect understands from a tactical perspective what the BA is working on. So even though one's looking in, in to the left and the other's looking to the right, the two of them should constantly be syncing up to make sure they have this flow between the two sides. Constantly. Cool. And, and it's hard. Because they're both busy. Yes, busy jobs. Well, because BAs just sit around and do research all day. Um, oh, that's, that's, <laughs> tough. that's tough, Dave. I had to throw that in there. Um, all right, so let's say that there's a BA that's listening right now, and, and they're trying to decide, you know, th they can go the PO role, they can go the architect role. There's probably other options they have. If you were giving advice to somebody who was, you know, just a couple years into their career as a BA, what, what are the questions that you think they should be focusing on in terms of trying to suss out the best path for them to take? Yeah, really, it really begins with how granular they want to be. Okay. You know, I mean, some, some people want to be domain experts, and that's great. And I would highly encourage you, if that's, if that's the slice that you want to be a part of, that's great. There are other people that really want to be more um, enterprise focused and think about things, you know, from a more nebulous perspective down through the demand funnels. So it's really thinking about those two, those two pipelines of work really. And, and actually, if you're interested in talking more with me, uh, you can, you can reach me at russ.pena at leadingagile.com. And I'd love to talk about the natural progression and even share a little bit about a, I've got a, a business analyst uh, competency matrix that moves you really from a pr the progression of intermediate to expert and then how you can get from expert into business architecture. That we should definitely do a podcast about it, maybe after the conference when you get back. Yeah, love to. Cool. All right, and if they want to find you on Twitter, you're on the Twitter as well, right? I'm on the Twitter. I, you know, I, do, the, I do the Twitter, but we'll, we'll, you know, it's not like a lot, but... So where, what's your, where do they find you on Twitter? Russ Pena. R-U-S-S-P-N-A. 
Cool. All right. And so if you wake up in, in Vegas on Thursday morning and you don't have a tiger in the room, you're not strapped to a mattress on the top of a hotel somewhere, and you're not married in some strange Elvis chapel, 1150 in the Octavius room, you can go to the integrated BA talk and see Russ give his presentation about how these two roles fit together. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to have you there. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate you taking the time out of your Sunday evening and uh, have fun in Vegas. All right. Thanks, Dave. And take care of Isaac while you're there. I probably will not <laughs> even see Isaac. All right. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. Bye.